Let's be honest, few humans enjoy meetings and many feel trapped in meetings. As leaders, we don't want to burden those we lead, but meetings can seem to do that more often than not. We wanted to address the pain of meetings through the Meetings with Saints library. Here we have 15 plus presentations dedicated to improving the meetings we run. We have experts in the field addressing topics like getting people involved in meetings, staying on task, dealing with conflict in meetings, and a ton more. We'd love you to explore the full Meetings with Saints library over 14 days at no cost to you. You can do this by visiting leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. We'll also give you access to all of our virtual libraries that educate about other leadership topics. It's really good stuff. So visit leadingsaints.org 14 or click the link in the show notes. Hey, if you're a newbie to Leading Saints, it's important that you know, what is this Leading Saints thing? Well, Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And the way we do that is through content creation. So we have this phenomenal podcast, we have a newsletter, we have virtual conferences, uh, so much more. And articles on our website, I mean, I could go on and on, right? <laughs> and we encourage you to uh, jump in, check out Leading Saints, uh, go to the search bar at leadingsaints.org and, and type in some topics and see what pops up. We're just glad you're here to join us. I'd like to welcome Norbert Anlu to the Leading Saints podcast. How are you, Norbert? I'm fine. Good. Now, this is a, this is a cool interview because I uh, don't get the chance or I probably need to take more of a, a chance to interview people in the uh, thriving part of the church, which is uh, Africa. And you're in I the Ivory Coast. Is that right? Yeah, Ivory Coast in West Africa, close Great. to Ghana. And are you born and raised there? Uh, yes, the West of Ivory Coast. Nice. Very good. And uh, born and raised in the church? or? Oh, no. I'm convert, converted. And how does, uh, I know you could probably talk hours about that experience, but maybe just uh, five, five to 10 minutes. What's the, how did you get introduced to the church and what led to your baptism? Uh, the church uh, at that time was very new in the country. Uh, I mean, maybe one district with three branches and uh, I don't know anything um, about the church and um, my friends. Um, gave me the book of Mormon. I never heard about that kind of book. And uh, she, she said I should keep it for her. When she wants it, I can send back. And uh, I, I went home and read the book. And I was so much um, impressed. Even from the first verse, I defy, I've been born. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I was so much impressed. I don't know how long it took, but I think maybe one month to read the whole book. Oh, wow. And I was very convinced that was the word of God. And were you, at this point in your life, were you like seeking for for a deeper meaning or God, or were you religious at the time? No, not really. I was not really interested about religion, and I was not worshiping any church. But uh, I love to read, and uh, the book was so, so much powerful when I read. So, and uh, because she said it was given by missionaries, I said, okay, how the missionaries look like? She said, okay, North American and uh, Africans, 
they, they had white shirts and black tie. Okay, so I, she was not there because she was far from me. So I went out to look for missionaries. Luckily, the branch was not too far from me where I was living. And uh, I saw the missionaries in the, in the road, I think, uh, three days later. And I called them to come to my home so we can talk. Nice. And uh, yeah, when they came, they were so well-dressed, clean. I, <laughs> I said, wow, I want to be like them. Nice. And, <laughs> and, and then what year was this and how old were you? Uh, I was 25. It was 1995. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so were you married at this time? No, I was single. And okay. uh, yeah, so yeah, I it was then, yeah. 1995, I was single, and okay. I went to school, and uh, the friend also was single. Nice. And <laughs> by the time you met the missionaries, how long did it take until you were baptized? Oh, I think less than three weeks, okay. because uh, I was just telling them, go, let me be baptized. I was not really interested by what they were saying, because my testimony of the Book of Mormon was so strong. So yeah, uh, it was not. There were no question about uh, what they were teaching because yeah. I was already convinced that is true. <laughs> You're the uh, what they call the golden investigator that we all dream of, right? On our <laughs> missions. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> that's great. Now, did you have a Christian background? Did you already have a belief in Jesus Christ? Oh uh, no, my mom and dad um, were Muslim, mm. and uh, so I raised up in the Muslim family. So I it's not a Christian background. I saw my mom praying five times uh, seven times a day. And uh so but as a young boy she was not forcing me to pray. <laughs> so yeah. I was not practicing her religion because my dad passed away when I was four years old. So I yes I was with my mom. Yeah. And then, how would you describe the church at that point in '95 uh, when you got when you got uh, baptized? Yes, the, the church was very new, and uh, it was not well known by people. And uh, maybe three, three or four branches in the on the whole country. So the, the members uh, joining the people joining the church was very few. When we go, for example, to to the sacrament meeting, we cannot be more than 25. So it was just a small group of people joining the church. Nice. And uh, then it's sort of a, a whirlwind of, of your life began, I think. So how soon, uh, what was like your first calling in the church? Do you remember? Yes, um, I was um, a Sunday school teacher. But I, I, I do not say anything about how to teach the gospel. <laughs> but what impressed me is that my first two Sunday, um, I was assigned to give a talk. So uh, that was really what impressed me, and uh, I, I invited my friend to come to see me teach, uh, giving my talk. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so after that, I became a Sunday school teacher in the branch. And uh, later on, when, because I was excited and very, um, I love to, to be a missionary, 
לקומי הזה משנת, זה ברנץ' מישון לידר. אה, אוקיי. נייס. So, uh, and maybe that was sort of your first leadership role in the church? Yes, that's the very first one. Nice. And then have yeah. you always had a talent for teaching? Because I know that your career sort of led through the church education. Was that something you, you always had a talent for? Oh, no, I learned uh, when I joined the church, I was not really teaching. And uh, that's what the church is doing, changing people to the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so what was your, um, after being the branch mission leader, um, what was your, maybe the next leadership calling that you came um, into? Yeah, when I joined the church and I interested to go on mission, and that was denied because I'm 25 and uh, I'll be 26 before oh, okay. getting the priesthood. Uh, So my family decided that I should go to South Africa to study. Hmm. So I left the country. I went to South Africa for maybe seven, eight months. And it was not very successful. Things are very hard and very expensive. So I came back to, to the country and uh, they called me as a young man um, president. Nice. That's the, the second leadership position. Okay. And then uh, did you, at what point uh, did you meet and marry your wife? And was she already a member of the church? Yeah, she was not yet. When she was giving me the Book of Mormon. Oh, she's she the was, one that gave you the Book of Mormon? Yes. She oh, was okay. investigating the church. <laughs> okay. I, I, maybe I missed that detail. Okay. Yeah, she was investigating the church and uh, her uncle refused to have missionaries and even the Book of Mormon is home. And uh, because she can't keep the Book of Mormon with her where she lives, that's why she gave it and she, she came to ah, me. Ah, okay. Yeah, and uh, when I was baptized, I called her because she was far from me. And I said, okay, maybe if you come here, you, you may know more about the church. And uh, she, 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 she came and I have a missionary lesson. And uh, one month later, she was baptized. Oh, cool. So you're both baptized around the same time and then uh, how long same until time. and then how long until you got married? Um, marriage, that's a good one because I before when she was baptized and uh, I went to my branch president telling him and telling him that I want to go on mission and I uh, said, no, I'm sorry, you are 25, almost 26, but you, you, it's too late. But you have a second chance. If you get married, you go on mission. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> someday, right? Yeah. It didn't say someday. It said just you're married, you go on mission. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I said, okay, that's good. That's fun. Uh, I will try. But uh, we were too close to my friends and I. So I said, okay, that, that's what is happening. So if we, we are married, So I can go on mission. Nice. <laughs> And uh, we got married. Um, I think uh, was, I was baptized in April. Uh, in March, she was baptized in April. I think six, six months later, we got married. We were in the school. And uh, I didn't go on mission, like he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah not yet anyways right <laughs> yeah that's why i went to south africa to study <laughs> oh, okay so when you yeah, went to south I, africa 
you were married yeah. at that time and you just went yes, alone? I was I was very yeah, I was already married. I went to South Africa but came very quickly because things were so tough. Very okay. difficult. Yeah. And, um how old were you when uh, you were called as a bishop? I was twenty seven years old. Wow. So then twenty five and that two years later I I was called as a bishop because two years later the district became a stake. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and that was also a very good story in my branch where I was living. I was the only one uh, married. Oh, really? Civil marriage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was looking for someone who can, can be a bishop. But <laughs> the list was short, <laughs> huh? Yeah, there was families, old people, but there were. it was only traditional marriage. Gotcha. And the church wanted to, to follow the law of the country. So that's what's looking for civil marriage. And I was the only one. Maybe that's likely I became a bishop. <laughs> nice. And and you were uh, sealed as well? In... No, not, not. Because the temple, oh, wow. was, there was not yet. temple was in South Africa. I was on that, oh, wow. but not my wife. But uh, when I became a bishop, the uh, church helped us to travel to South Africa to be oh, sealed. Cool. Oh, really? That's great. Nice. Um, so you were the only married, uh, at least the, the only uh, civil married married individual, is that right? <laughs> in the yeah, ward. Yeah, yeah. And you were endowed as well. So that probably... That was endowed. Uh, yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> Not because I know something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I was called as a bishop at 28, and it was an inner city ward in Salt Lake. And I think it was a similar scenario. The, the, the list was pretty short and... Uh, you know, they, they went with me. So <laughs> I know the feeling. So, but you were, I mean, two years into your, from your conversion to the church. And you, I mean, you say you didn't know a lot. What else, what was that like, you know, stepping into that role and figure, figuring uh, it out? Very strange because I, and I think um, missionaries, because I love them, they were my good friends. Yeah. And uh, I think I was bishop, but in brackets, it was uh, led by the missionaries. <laughs> oh, really? So you, <laughs> you looked towards the missionaries yes, maybe on certain yes, questions and things. Exactly. They were close to me. And I went, um, for example, one day someone was baptized, a man, and they said, okay, Bishop, do you know that you need to, to have an Aaronic priesthood? I said, what is Aaronic priesthood? <laughs> <laughs> That is great. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they were just uh, helping me. I, I'm so grateful for what they did. Oh, my goodness. And were these uh, two missionaries from like a more established part of the church, maybe like from the United States or? Yeah, from the United States. Okay. Yes. So they yeah. had seen it all their life. And so they could help you with those little details. And, and yeah, they, they, they were, maybe they were um, surprised to see someone who doesn't know more about the church to be a bishop. <laughs> yeah. They were so, so kind. Yeah. And uh, they knew I, I need to, to learn more. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, they were and I bet you learned fast, right? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> we so, um, every Thursday when I closed, the the, 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 I closed to work, I joined them and, uh, we proselytes in the, in the community. Mm. So when we they see them and me, we were like the same age. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, they, they probably weren't much younger, right? So. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
That's great. So what, I mean, if you were to go back in time and talk to yourself on the first week of being Bishop, like what, what advice would you give to yourself? Um, I would just say, be humble. You don't know anything. Mm. Let's follow the, the spirit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then how, what, how would you describe your ward at that time? I get this because it was a new ward, right? It, they just yeah, created it from a branch. And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, how many people were coming on Sundays and how did you run your meetings? Anything like that? Um, this, this ward was also a very active ward. We maybe 40, 50 members were coming and uh, we were worshiping under a tree. I, I think you saw the pictures in the church news, mm-hmm. and uh, but people were still coming because there were no chapel rented, even rented building. Oh wow! The, yeah. So you <laughs> so, just rented a building and and made yeah, it work. We did. We were we, uh, the church was uh, the church bought a land and they were building the chapel, and uh, we went to the there were school close to us. So we we're worshiping the school, and mm. uh, the school owner said they don't want the church there, and there were no space for us. So the choice was to go on that tree to to pray until the the build the church building was completed. Wow! And um, so, how long until the church was completed in your area? Uh, I think it took um, almost uh, a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. And and then you had your very own church that was yeah. yours. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Um, what were so, some of the like uh, the the demands? What, what did people ask you for as the bishop? I mean, was there a lot of uh, repentance concerns, or a lot of welfare, or what was that like? Just the day to day responsibilities of a bishop there. I think there were two major things people was looking for. First one is uh, welfare, and uh, the second one how to 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 accomplish their their calling. Mm. Yeah, to know more about uh, what they have to do. Yeah, and then yeah. what's the as far as welfare is concerned? Is there a high demand, or what, what's poverty like there compared to other African nations? Is it was that a, a significant uh, part of of what you did? Was that welfare? Uh, I think our the, the area where we were it was uh, the poorest area in Abidjan. Abidjan is the capital, uh-huh. so the the demand was so high. Wow! And do people come to you mainly looking for food or for uh, rent uh, help with you know housing? Housing, food, uh, rent, health issue. Yeah, and then I would imagine just like. Uh, bishops across the world, you had access to uh, write a check, or is that how it would work? You you'd write a check and give it to them, or to their their landlord, or do you only work in in cash there, or like how, how did that work? Uh, I think yes, it's a cash uh, COVID, <laughs> cash area. Okay, and uh, we write a church, and uh, they will go and cash it to the bank and uh, use it. Okay, yeah, nice. So you would. You or your counselors would, if someone needed money for rent, you would go to the bank and get cash. No, we give the check to to the member, and he oh, okay. himself to the bank. To oh, cash. I gotcha. Okay, so yeah. you'd you'd print the check out or create the check, and then they mm-hmm. would take it to the bank and 
goes yes. from there, right? And yeah. then I would imagine, I mean, here in Utah, you know, we have all sorts of bishop storehouses around that if someone needs food, we can send them to a bishop storehouse. But if someone needs needs food there, what does a bishop do? You give him the check, you go to the supermarkets or local okay. market to buy the foods. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then did you have uh, any additional help, like members that were assigned to help people get food or with you know, help them with their finances or anything like that? Or was it just you giving the check and assessing the situation? Yeah, I think uh, the majority of members have the same situation. So 100% rely on the church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then how long did you serve as bishop? Three years. Okay. And then were you called as a stake president? Stake president, yes. So what's the story behind being called a stake president? Uh, I don't know. The, the, the stake after three years was uh, divided to be two stakes. And uh, we, we all went to the, to the interview. And that's how I was called. So I <laughs> nice. don't know what's happened. <laughs> yeah. And so you just did the interview thing and then they called you back and said, you're our man, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, nice. Nice. Yes. And then how long did you serve as stake president? Five years. Okay. And and then, so what was that experience like being a stake president? Uh, what was the day-to-day like? Uh, stake presidents was really different than bishop. Yeah. And uh, you have to manage bishops and uh, work with them to do what to do. And uh, bishop, when you are bishop, you are close to, to the members. But uh, stake presidents, you are close to bishops and uh, try to establish the church. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can run the church as it should be. So yeah, if I have a choice, I would better choose bishop and stake presence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you get to work closer with the people, right? I remember that yes, feeling yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wh- I mean, tell me about just how how many bishops uh, or wards did you have in your stake at that time? Um, it's like uh, eleven. Yeah, oh, we started wow. with yeah, we started with ninth and later it became eleventh wards. And then how how big was the geographics of your of your stake? Uh, it was half of the city because they, they divided the city okay. into two, one half for the stake and uh, another one half in okay. my stake. So mm-hmm. um did it take did it take a long a long time to travel from one end to the other by car or by car when I when I was bishop from there to to the stake center it can take me two hours. Oh wow! Okay, yes, so yes to go. Pretty, pretty, pretty large uh, area for a stake. Yes, yeah, it was large area. Yeah, and then working with those eleven bishops or so, like or the and all the the leaders in your stake. Um, how did you go about that? Like, what advice would you have for a, a stake president who's trying to work with, with other leaders and help them? Uh, I think the, the one thing to do or to focus is to be united with your counselors. Mm. And uh, I was lucky The my first counselors was an accountant in, in one of the biggest banks in mm-hmm. the country. And uh, the second one was a teacher. So we, we really work um, together. And uh, all the finance uh, issue, I 
give it to my first consultants who have more experience than me. And at the training with the handbook, it was given to my second counselor who was teacher. And uh, I work with the Relief Society and uh, other bishops. So it's to be reunited with counselors yeah. and uh, high counselors. Yeah. So you gave you sort of uh, every counselor sort of had their focus of what they were doing. Yes. And that yes. seemed to work out pretty well then. Yes. Yeah. That was, it gave, it gave me time. To, to walk, to have an interview with bishops. Yeah. And then as you had to select new bishops um, in various wards um, in such a place in the world where the church is growing fast, but maybe doesn't have a long history of of experience, what was that like? Was it sometimes difficult to, to find people to step into those roles? Yeah, not really difficult, but find people who are... Uh, who, who can really know more about the church. Like myself, it was just two years. So sometimes it can be less or just little more than two years. So it's a lot yeah. of work to, to train and uh, help them to understand yeah. their role. And so were you doing a lot of uh, like formal training with them where you're sitting down and going over handbooks and things? Is, is that how you would train them? Yeah, we have a monthly uh, interview. So when we review the handbook, and uh, we have also a um, state council meeting where we invite state uh, bishops and uh, with the state presidency. So that's where we, 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 we learn about handbook and we also answer the questions. Nice. Very cool. Anything else about your time as stake president, uh, a story or uh, a way you would lead that, that would be worth mentioning? I think uh, one of the, I think that that's really uh, kept me to follow uh, the handbook. Mm. Okay, there was someone who came with, with a welfare problem. It was so much urgency. So I took the book and the checkbook and said, okay, please give the check to, to this guy. So it's very urgent. So, but it was not my job. It was a bishop's work. So <laughs> they yeah. called me and said, that's not your duty. <laughs> that's the bishops. So I, I think we also went in Africa. We have a very good leaders in the area presidency. Mm. They, they love people and uh, they are very close to them. So when there are some kind of mistake, they kindly call you and say, okay, please don't do that anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you had a few of those phone calls where they said, don't do that anymore. <laughs> yes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's why you got to be humble, right? Because you got to be willing oh, to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, when you receive this kind of um, call, yeah, you, you, you know what's going on. <laughs> nice. And how often did you see the uh, interact with the area presidency as a um, as a state president? Um, I think in our time we we have a in a in a year I think twice a meeting with the area presidency in Ghana, Accra. But they are no more doing it because the church is too yeah. large. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's grown significantly, right? Yeah, so, so you can't bring all the stake presidents in one place for the training. Gotcha. And then, so you served as a stake president until you were called as a mission president. Is that right? Yes. 
And what's the what's the story behind being called as a mission president? I, I hear it. Does it start with a phone call? Uh, there was a phone call, and uh, I think the, the mission presence was already called. So we all know who will be a mission president, President Deal. So he was the one who was called the mission president for Africos. Okay. But uh, before arriving, there was civil uh, war. Oh, so wow. The country was uh, so much, uh, um, this was not stable for, for him to come. And so there was a civil war inside the Ivory Coast? Inside the Ivory Coast. Okay, yes. gotcha. Not, yeah, not so a different country. Okay. Yes, so they, they removed the North American missionaries to Ghana. Okay. So, yeah, but he was not, uh, he had not yet started his mission. So I think the brethren decided to divide the 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 mission and they added uh, Cape Coast in Ghana and uh, so deal was transferred to Cape Coast mission and uh, I think likely they were looking for someone a local leader who can do that and uh, I I received a phone call and it was. Uh, Elder Scott, yes. Oh, Elder Scott, cool. Yes, Elder Scott, yeah. Interview and uh, spend the call. Nice. So I know that for a lot of mission presidents, they'll get an initial phone call maybe nine months before they'd actually leave on their mission. And then, you know, they, they get their their mission call three or so months before. And then, you know, they have all this time to prepare. So how long, how much time did you have from when Elder Scott called you to when you began? Less than two months. Two months, wow. Less than two months, because it was not really planned. The mission yeah. presence was already called, and uh, less than two months. So we went to Solik, not really prepared. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you still, still had some shopping to do, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. So they they flew you to Salt Lake for to Provo for the mission mm -hmm. leader seminar, yes. right? Is that yes? Yeah, my wife and I. Okay, and mm -hmm. uh, you're getting thrown into this. So you uh, had you when you came to Utah, had you been released as stake president yet? Um, I was not because the stake was not uh, reorganized. Okay, I was still stake president when I went. But when I came back, they reorganized the state, called a new state president. Yeah. And this was 2005, right? When you're called as a mission president? Yes, 2005. Okay. And the expectation was that you were going to serve for three years? Yes. And that okay. was three years. Mm -hmm. And this is unique. And I think it may be, I don't know how often this happens, but a lot of the time when a mission president is called, rarely are, do they serve as the mission president in the area where they live, right? And so, but you were called from Ivory Coast to serve in the Ivory Coast, right? Yes. Yeah. Nice. So did you move to a mission home or did you just stay in your 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 own home? I moved to the mission home. Okay. Was it very far from your, your home? Yeah, very far from where I was living. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So what do you remember just starting off as a, I think you were 35 at this time. You're yeah. brand new, you know, 10 years into the church, you know, maybe, 
hopefully you've learned a few things about how the church works by then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what was it like starting that experience? Um, I think uh, it was like same thing, a bishop or state president where you don't you don't know anything. Your admission was totally different because you have to work with uh, this young uh, rising generation, the missionaries. But um, again, they were very good leaders. My two assistants was very good. So they, they really helped me. And uh, the area presidency also, they, they, they were so good. And uh, always having a training with me on phone and uh, coming to tour my mission. So it, it was really helpful. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So um, then, but you mentioned like, so a civil war had broken out. Did, was it still going on like during your mission then? Yeah, but uh, it was in the north of, uh, oh, of okay. the country. Yes. And uh, we were in the south. Gotcha. But uh, it was not uh, very peaceful for North Americans to stay. Nice. So they, they transferred all North American missions to other missionaries. Yes. Gotcha. And so you had, were, they were primarily, so there are uh, many missionaries from the Ivory Coast, but even other African nations. They're all um, African missionaries, even from Western areas. They oh, wow. sent them to my mission. That's cool. We're all African. <laughs> wow. That's great. That's really cool. Um, anything, I mean, what, anything unique about that experience? I mean, did, or was it just, you're all from the same continent. <laughs> uh, yeah, but from the same continent. And uh, we also know more about our tradition. Yeah. And uh, so we, we interact with people very easily. And uh, we are not afraid to. And people really welcome us because we are all African. Yeah. So that, that's really help us. Nice. So I know your your native language there is is French. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I imagine was that the case for the other African missionaries as a mission president, or did you just did you primarily speak English, or how did that work? Yeah, there were missionaries from uh, English speaking countries. Okay. So when they come, we we help them um, learn because there were no MTC, so they just go straight to the mission field. And they so all learn we, French, right? They learn French. So we, the 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 missionaries who train them, we we select the one who can uh, teach French also. Gotcha. Nice. So yeah. the the their yeah. trainer, their companion, is their mission and their MTC, right? <laughs> yes, that, that's like an MTC for them. <laughs> nice. And I would imagine um, not all of the missionaries that came to you were endowed because there was there a temple nearby at that time or no no they were not uh endowed but uh, those from uh, area where there is a temple for example south africa yeah or from uh, europe because we received two or three african they were mm -hmm. endowed oh great but it wasn't uh, would you say the majority were not endowed the majority was not. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's great. And uh, so anything else that you learned during those three years as, as a mission president? I learned to be very close with my wife. 
Because uh, uh, when I joined two years later, I um, when I joined the church, I traveled to South Africa, so we're not close. When I came back, they called me as bishop, so I was presiding, and uh, she was with the kids. Oh yeah. So that, uh, yeah, state president, the better mission. We are now companion. Nice. And yeah, you finally so, got that that mission that they promised you, right? Yeah, that's so ten years <laughs> after. <laughs> <laughs> ten, 10 years after but hey you got it right uh very cool and and how old were your kids when you served as a mission president um i think the oldest were eight years old oh wow yes and uh, the youngest was three months wow and yeah. uh, how, how many kids do you have now and there were the four was with us oh okay yeah it was nice. a very young family all the four was with us uh, on mission Nice. That's why they, they love to go on missions. All of them said no mission. <laughs> oh, cool. That's great. That's great. Uh, and um, obviously you had uh, some mission presidency counselors, I, I would imagine, that, that helped mm-hmm. you out. But how did you involve your wife in that work since she was also set apart as a missionary? Yeah. She, she, she worked, um, uh, she, she, she focused more on the missionaries' uh, health issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, and also trains missionary sisters to, yeah. So that, that cool. was a major role because you can't sleep. So she was the one to advise them what to do to stay strong. That's great. Uh, anything about uh, that through your mission? Anything else that we haven't touched on that would be worth mentioning? Yeah, I think uh, some of the thing is how to help the church uh, grow in the country. Mm. So uh, during that time, we opened uh, branches uh, outside Abidjan because all the church was in the capital. Oh, okay. So that was a good experience to 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 have a church in the different cities where it was not before. Nice. And uh, I think think before we rec- hit record, you mentioned that at that time that was the only mission in the Ivory Coast, but now there are three missions there. Yes. Wow, that's great. That's really cool. Um, all right, so you come home from your mission and you think, uh, now what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think three months before, I, it was in April, I received a call to be in Area 70. Oh, okay. So yeah, you already so had I, your assignment. Yes, I went to Sony with my um, mission president tag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then they uh, ordained you as a 70. Yes, Area 70. Yes. Area 70, great. And uh, <laughs> so then you, you fly back to the Ivory Coast, and, and, and yes, what was uh, that? After the general conference, I flew back to, to Ivory Coast to, to, to stay. And uh, I received also a new job, but uh, who was relocated to, to Ghana to be a seminar institute area director. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we, we all went to Ghana to stay there. Gotcha. So you went from the mission home in the Ivory Coast to a new home in Ghana. Yeah, but after the mission, we, we left the mission home for one year. We rented another apartment. Oh, okay. And I, from there, we went to, to Ghana. Gotcha. Um, and so you were teaching like institute classes and uh, with associated with the local university or how does how did the institute program uh, how does it work there the, the institute program was uh focusing on the uh, young single adults in the church 
there were it's not uh, connected to any university. Okay. So we organize a institute classes in the church units with no single adults. So gotcha. you have a class also you can teach. Nice. And that was your as the director that that was your full time job, and you were you were teaching teaching classes yourself, but also training other instructors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, the full time job. Gotcha. And mm. then, what was it like uh, being in Area Seventy? Uh, how what, what were your your Sundays like? Uh, it's like uh, any Sunday, but you preside, and okay. uh, yeah, you preside, and uh, you also work with uh, stake presidents because your job is to grow the stake presidents to help him to, uh, to manage where he stake. Yeah. Nice. So were you visiting different stakes e- each week? Uh, yes, uh, you can visit uh, stakes, but you have also coordinating council meeting. Gotcha. Yeah, so you Help. with a mission president and a stake president. Nice. And was the, were those about every three months or so? or? Yeah, every, I think every three months when we finish the meeting with the area presidency, yeah, we we, we we take the all the instruction received and then we go and train the state presidents and mission presidents. Wow, that's great. And then uh, typically that's a five-year calling. Is that how long it lasted for you? Seven years. Seven years. You got a few bonus years, huh? <laughs> yeah, two years bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, anything else that you learned just about leading during those times as an Area 70? Oh, I learned uh, the church is the same because uh, as Area 70, you travel in the area. It's not only your country now. You yeah. go to a different country to preside a district conference, state conference. So you, you learn more from other experiences. Yeah. And I imagine you did a lot of speaking in, in wards or stakes, state conferences, right? Yes, in the state conference, but world conference we don't attend because it's a state president's duty. Gotcha. So, uh, just from your experience of of speaking in, you know, to a stake or whatever it be, any advice that you would give someone that's preparing to to speak to either in sacrament meeting or in a state conference? Uh, I think that is to acknowledge why you are there because you don't have a key. And uh, you 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 are assigned by the first presidency, the twelve apostle. Mm-hmm. So you have to acknowledge that. So it's not uh, your duty. You are not there because you want it. But you are you are assigned to to preside state and conference. Yeah, and uh, also work very closely with the state presidency. So. They will know if there are some issue. You talk to them in the private room where they can understand, and in the public, really help them to to grow and be loved in their with um, from with their stake members. Nice, really, really interesting. So then, uh, seven years into being an Aries seventy, they they released you, and how long ago was that for you? Ah, it's a fine now, and. Uh, I'm released, and uh, I in my ward as a state Sunday school teacher. Oh, cool! Now. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, nice, and I, I imagine you enjoy that. 
Oh yes, that, that's it. I love to teach now. So, nice. and I also help uh, retail missionaries to to become self reliant. So I organize uh, a self reliance group meeting okay. every yeah, every once in a week mm. with missionaries in our state. That's great. And then, um, and now you you don't uh, teach, or you're not an institute director. You work with the church history department. Is that right? What is it that you do for the church history department? The church history department is uh, to collect, preserve, and share the history of the church. And so you do that for the history of the church in, in Africa? In, in Africa, Africa West, and Africa Central. Oh, cool. Nice. And so what does that entail? Uh, you spend a lot of time in, in, in collecting information or recording stories, or what does that entail? Like we are doing recording stories. Nice. <laughs> well, I'll make sure you get a copy of this so you, you can put it in the, in the history. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a good history. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I, I bet you enjoy that. And so uh, you're teaching Sunday school and, and mm-hmm. uh, man, you've lived a life that many individuals in the church, they're about uh, 95 years old by the time they've had all those callings. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but you're still a spry young, uh, young leader, right? So. Yeah. Like African. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So any, how, how would you describe the church uh, there now? Like what, I, I mean, we hear obviously in the United States and in Utah, we just hear that the, the church is growing like crazy in Africa. Uh, but how would you describe it? What's the church like and the growth there now? Uh, the church is growing very fast. And uh, because the way is changing people and uh, people really want to look like others who have joined the church. Mm-hmm. So it is making a amazing change among the the rising generation in Africa. So we we have more single adults joining the church, and later on they become a, a leader. So the church is, I think, is the is one of the last chance for for Africa to make a change. Nice. And you have all sorts of temples now to consider, <laughs> or the, some that yeah. are being built, right? Yeah, um, uh, right now in my country, the temple is almost completed. I think next year it will, it will be dedicated. We have temple in Ghana, Accra. We have temple in uh, Nigeria, and uh, five more announced. Nice. Mm-hmm. And probably by next conference, President Nielsen will find oh. 10 more to announce there, right? <laughs> Oh, yes, I like always in the conference. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's probably an exciting time to hear uh, what, yeah. what's announced, just like it is for all of us. But, uh, well, uh, Norbert, this has been so fun to learn and to hear about your remarkable journey, you know, being baptized and then just, you know, running through a, a timeline of leadership <laughs> responsibilities. And uh, I know you've probably blessed so many lives and been um, a blessing to so many in the, in the gospel there. Um, the last question I have for you is as you reflect on your time as a leader, as a bishop, stake president, mission president, area 70, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Um, so that's a very interesting question because, uh, you cannot be a good leader without the Holy ghost. 
And uh, so that's because it's not your church, it's the church of Jesus Christ. So being a leader, you have to read the scriptures every day and also study the handbook. So that will help you to be close to Christ. If not, you bring your own tradition. concludes this episode of the Leading Saints podcast. We'd love to hear from you about your questions or thoughts or comments. You can either leave a comment on the uh, post related to this episode at leadingsaints.org or go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and send us your perspective or questions. If there's other episodes or topics you'd like to hear on the Leading Saints podcast, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and share with us information there. And we would love for you to share this with any individual you think this would apply to, especially maybe individuals in your or other leaders that you may know who would really appreciate the perspectives that we discussed. Remember, solve the burden of meetings by visiting leadingsaints.org 14 and getting 14 days access to the Meetings with Saints virtual library. as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.